Fuck, my desk is a goddamn mess. There's shit everywhere. Alright, alright. I got my notes. I got this shit done here. Oh, I should have watched that Leatherface trailer again. I don't really remember what's I think in once it. is enough. Yeah, I know. I don't want to, but I, I like it. It's it was so uh, lackluster. I fucking forgot what was in it. <laughs> was it Lily, Lily, Lily something or other? Wasn't it Lily Tomlin? No. Is it Lily Tomlin? That doesn't sound right. Yeah, I don't know. No, I oh, no, oh, no. It's Lily something. I can't remember what her last name is. She was in quite a lot. She's been in quite a lot. She's been, I think she was in Six Feet Under. She was also in a film with Christopher Walken, um, a vampire film with Christopher Walken. A Christopher Walken vampire film. Lily uh, Lily Taylor? That's the one. I just IMDb'd it. All right, cool. Oh, her. Yeah, she's in The Conjuring. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is, is she a Warren, or is she like the mom at the... At the uh... The house. I think uh, she's, she's the. Mo- she's I think she's Carolyn, the mother. Carolyn Pirin. I don't know. I don't remember. Me cl- clueless. <laughs> but then again, I am a lot of the time these yeah. days. So. Uh... <laughs> All right, fellas. What do you say we get this uh, pile of shit on the road? <laughs> hey. Let's do that. All right. Welcome to All You Need Is Blood, the UHM Horror Podcast, with your hosts, Ryan, Shane, and Mike. Alright everyone, welcome to episode 31 of All You Need Is Blood, the UHM Horror Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Ryan Tudelo, and joining me, as always, are my two co-hosts, Shane Smith and Mike Whittemore. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Very well. I'm all right. Good. That's good to hear. All right. So we got a uh, nice little episode planned for us today. Uh, but before we jump into that, uh, as always, I want to remind everyone, if you want to get in touch with us, the best way is probably through our Gmail, which is allyouneedisbloodpod at gmail.com. So send those emails right in. You can also find us on our new Facebook group that's up and running. Uh, you can go If you go to facebook.com slash groups slash all you need is blood, um, you'll find us there or just search for all you need is blood on Facebook. It, it pops up one of the top results. Um, if you're listening to this, you're listening to it somehow, either through our SoundCloud page or on iTunes or now on Google Play. So if you uh, find, search for through the podcasts on Google Play and search for All You Need Is Blood, you'll come up with it. And um, there's probably a bunch of other places that I linked when I first put this thing up, and I forgot where they are. But um, it's it's hosted in various places around. Even on the upcominghorrormovies.com main page, there's always a, uh, a ticker that has the latest episode up and ready. Um, so yeah, those are all the places to find uh, us. Okay. I, yeah. And... Um, yeah, get in touch with us. Let us know what you think. If you have any requests or um, you just want to tell us we're shit, like some people have been doing lately. We got I got some heat from the last episode, Shane, where we discussed serial killers. And uh, oh, right. Yeah, I was corrected that Ed Gein is not considered a serial killer because to be a serial killer, you need to have three murders under your belt. And he really? Was, he was never convicted of three murders, only two. 
So he's almost there. Yeah. Well, there's much speculation that he did in fact <laughs> kill his brother. Um, but that that death was declared an accident. Like this is way before any other crazy Ed Gein stuff had happened. But he wasn't convicted of it, so apparently he does not count. Well, whoever that was, thank you very much for correcting Ryan. Also, fuck you. This is our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, Shane, we're going to have to go back and re-record that episode? Yeah, you can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> nah. But... No, it's, it's, uh, no, it's good uh, to have some interaction with our audience, even if it is them fucking hmm. telling us we're idiots. But, hey, that'll happen. Yeah, also, I've got something. <laughs> Actually, this is kind of funny. I was um, in the city centre, Norwich city centre, a couple of days back, and I had somebody approach me and said, you're Dead Cell Society. Uh, yeah. He went, you do the All You Need Is Blood podcast. I was Get like, uh, the yeah. fuck out of here. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, who the fuck are you? You know, I didn't even know this geezer from Adam. He went, yeah, you do the All You Need Is Blood podcast. I was like, yeah. And he went, good job, man, and then walked off. And I was like, huh? Okay. Shane, you that was it. you've officially been recognized on the street for <laughs> this podcast. That's fucking scary, man. That's it's awesome. Fucking, that is fucking scary. I didn't even know who the geezer was. He was about six foot three, built like a brick shit house. And well, big, maybe you big. should stop calling him a geezer because he's probably listening to this now. Yeah. I don't now care. He, he probably knows where you live, Shane. <laughs> no, he doesn't actually. Ryan, because oh. this was Norwich City Centre. It's a fair way from where I live. Oh, okay. I live on the outskirts of Norwich. Well, I live in a keep, suburb. Keep narrowing it down for him. He'll find you. <laughs> yeah, I live I live in the burbs. Right? I don't live in the city centre. So he will have no clue. But yeah, that was that was kind of bizarre when that wow, happened. Wow, that, that is amazing. I mean, like, I have, like, family members, and they're like, you do a podcast? And I'm like, yeah, it's on my Facebook wall, like, all the time. They're like, oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> But the funny thing is, it's like I don't put it out there. Obviously, I've got a few people who follow me on Twitter who live in Norwich. Mm-hmm. So obviously, my profile picture is on there, so they know what I look like. So I'm just thinking that he's probably seen it. He may be one of those people who follows me on Twitter, and I'm just like, yeah, whatever, you know, never reply to him. I, yeah, it's just one of those because you'll get some people who's like, why don't you reply to my tweets, cunt? And then like smack me one in the face or something like that. And I'm like, Bleh. But, um, no, it was just really random, really fucking random that he just walked up, you do the podcast, and you do all you need is blood. And I was like, yeah. And it's funny because he recognized you based off of Ryan's picture. <laughs> yeah, <of> yeah. <laughs> like cartoon yeah, image of him. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I look like a cartoon image of myself. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's how accurate it is. Oh, my yeah. God. That is funny. So I didn't actually have a cigarette in my mouth at the time, so... I, I don't, don't know how he... one, I don't believe you there because I feel like you yeah. always have a cigarette hanging out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Excuse me. Wow. Well, congratulations, Shane. You are the first one to be recognized, and probably you're the only one that's ever going yeah, to be recognized. Yeah, that's, for that's this. the last time that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, the joys of living in Norwich. Awesome. So before we get started, um, I maybe had a little sit-down with uh, Larry Dwyer from the Horror News Network, CT Horror Fest, and Connecticut Cult Classics. He's a guy that lives Ah. around me and hosts all these things. So I may have done that, and I may be inserting it into this podcast right about now. 
And if I didn't have that, then we just had an awkward silence and we're continuing on. Okay. All right. Well, I'm here in public on site uh, with Larry Dwyer, who was kind enough to sit down with me and um, go over a little discussion about some of the awesome things he does in the horror community. Larry, thanks for coming down. Oh, man. Thanks for having me. I do uh, I do like to do awesome things in the horror community. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm like... It's so weird because I had gone to the CT Horror Fest and stuff before in previous years, and yep. I didn't even realize we're the same guy that went in and then he started doing the uh, the Connecticut Cult Classics, and I'm like, yep. oh my god, this is awesome. Yeah, man, that's kind of um, that's kind of where it sprang from. Um, the first uh, the first Connecticut Cult Classics event came from me trying to think of a different way to promote the next Connecticut Horror Fest. Oh, really? Yeah, so I was trying to think of all different ways, and um, I mean, the the idea for doing uh, a double feature has been in my head for a while, but we can never really find the right spot to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I had been trying to actually get in touch with the Strand for a few years, but at that time, the town was running it, and they were just yeah. impossible, impossible. They wanted nothing to do with anything. Um, and then when Knights of Columbus finally decided, you know, we're going to run it, I got in touch with those guys over there. Um, they thought I was a little crazy, but they were like, yeah, if you want to do it, you know, here's how much it costs to rent. And uh, so I put together our first uh, one, Bite Night, which took place just a month before last year's Connecticut Horror Fest. What, what were the films on that one? Bite Night was um, Lost Boys and Freight Night. Nice. That's yeah. a good combo. Yeah, that was good. That was a good time. That was, uh, that was a good opener. Um you know, as with the first time for anything, there was definitely some technical difficulties. Sure. But uh, but it still went off. You know, the great thing about the horror community is even when you run into technical difficulties and something like that, everybody just laughs it off. Yeah. It just adds to the, you know, the fun. Yeah. Yeah, I go to, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, uh, Hudson Horror Show. No, I haven't been there, but I have heard of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, they run 35 millimeter. Yeah. So a yeah. lot of times <laughs> you've got a, a 30-year-old print of I Spit on Your Grave. <laughs> It might break halfway yeah, through. It probably and, hasn't been kept in the has, best condition. Yeah, <laughs> and I've been there when they've broken, when they've melted down, etc. And it's just it's part of the experience. Mm-hmm. It is what it is, and you got to laugh it off and you know make it work and continue on. Yeah, That's all. yeah. I can remember I went to a it was a premiere of um, My Name Is Bruce <laughs> in New Haven. Bruce Campbell was yep. there. Oh, and was he there? Yes. Oh, awesome. It was, he did a Q and A afterwards and he did a little intro before, but during the film. There was a really weird transition that didn't make a whole lot of sense, and then everything seemed to be like a time jump. Mm. And you're like, what the hell happened? The movie finished, and Bruce got up, and he's just like, yeah, I'd like to thank you guys. You saw the only screening of this film that had the third and fourth reels swapped. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> we were like, oh, my God. That's fantastic. <laughs> he, took it in, uh, he took it in good stride. Sure. Though. Up. He's Bruce. We're yeah, right. Yeah. But like you're saying, you know, the horror community is just like that's amazing. That's yeah. something so that's, that's even better. <laughs> I, that's I would have rather been there for that yeah. than for one that was done correctly. That sounds like more fun. Like um, yeah, in the uh, what's that? What's the theater in uh, New Haven it used to be the um, now it's the the Crown something. Which one? Uh, uh, the one on uh, Temple. The one near right Todd's place. No, 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 no. The one that's across from Temple Street Garage. Oh, God. 
Yeah, uh, I don't they, know the name of it. They, they, every, they still do, I think, on one Saturday a month or something, they'll show a classic older movie, but it's not right. necessarily horror. It could be any, you know, yeah, anything yeah. really. I think I, I think I, I don't remember the name, but I think I saw them playing um, Bowtie. It's a, Fast it's a, Times at Ridgemont Criterion? Criterion Bowtie. Yeah, it they, used to be called something else. Yeah, they were doing Fast it. Times at Ridgemont High over the summer at one point, I think. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Yeah. No, I, my cousin used to work there, so I used to go to, he, he would tell me, like, here's all the upcoming list of all oh, the movies, awesome. and Great. he would get in with the manager and be like, listen, you've got to play this movie, and they're like, why would we play Evil Dead? Who's going to come with that? Everybody. They, they played Evil Dead, sold out. Yeah, of course. They started playing Evil Dead every year, sells out every year. And they're That's like, alright, well, yeah. <laughs> I guess we know. Yep, absolutely. So speaking of Evil Dead, yeah. the uh, upcoming Connecticut cult classics that you got, we'll just go right into that one, since that's mm-hmm. the most pressing uh, project. You guys sold that out already, right? We did. Um, well, when you say sell out, um, it's not technically sold out. Mm-hmm. I only allow a certain amount of tickets to be sold online because, as you know, you've been to the Strand. It's small. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, the theater sits a couple hundred, but the area where, you, you know, the hallway is small. Um, there's no real place to hang out, no real place to stand around. Yeah, right. Just um, the concession stand I, or the bathroom. Yeah, right? I don't like to make it uncomfortable. So what I like to do is sell a certain amount of tickets, call it sold out online, and then if people want to line up, yeah, I seat the people who have tickets, and then I start selling tickets once those people are all seated, and I'll fill up the seats at that yeah. point. Um, so there's still going to be tickets. I've never... I mean, I sold out for the John Carpenter night. You oh, know, that was t- again, quotation yep. sold out. Um, also for the Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still have never had to turn anybody away. I've always been able to get everybody in who comes. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So this one is a uh, the the double feature you're showing on this one is Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness. Yeah, man. Now, how'd you decide between Evil Dead One and Two? Well, and you know that's funny that you ask because one is. My favorite. Yeah. One's my I th- favorite. I'm with you on that, too. Yeah. As uh, a matter of fact, there it is. There, there, there we are right there. Nice, nice tattoo. Um, yeah. Um, one's my favorite, but when it comes to doing a double feature, you got to kind of pick films that flow. Yeah. And two and three, two, it's basically one film. You yeah, know, right. It goes, it goes right into it. Um, and believe it or not, there are actually a lot of people out there who prefer two to one. Mm. Um, I was just on a, on a podcast last week, and... Uh, the duo that host it, they prefer two. Both of them. Yeah. Me, personally, I like the fact that one is unintentionally funny. Yes. <laughs> they like the intentional funniness of part two. Um, so, you know, again, when I'm trying to put together a double feature, I'm thinking, all right, two and three, it's it's almost a no-brainer. Because yeah. they, I call it three, but it's Army of Darkness, whatever. Um, they flow into each other so perfectly. You know, like I said, it's one long movie, basically. Mm-hmm. So... I figured that would make uh, more sense. I know there was a few people that were upset about it. I did get a few uh, few scathing emails from folks. That's funny. Uh, but I get it. You know, I, I get it. And I just, you know, I hear them out. And maybe I'll show Evil Dead 1 at some other point yeah, with sure. something else. So there's always a potential for, uh, for more coming in the future. Absolutely. So how do you, I was going to ask you before, how do you get into getting the rights of these things to be able to show yeah, them? That was, that was the hardest part to try to figure out. Um, how to get all the behind-the-scenes things to come into play because, you know, believe it or not, some people think that I just go to the Strand and throw in a couple DVDs and and that's how it works. Um, Nope, I have to, you know, rent the theater, I have to plan all that piece, and then I've got to start hunting down who owns the licensing. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it's easy. You know, there's a few different licensing firms out there. When you're dealing with the kind of films we watch that are older, yeah, you don't really have to deal with uh, the movie studios. 
right? Like if you're going to show, um, you know, a movie that's currently out, you have to deal directly with the studio. Sure. But you're dealing, once they get past a certain age, the studios kind of hire um, licensing companies to handle that for them. So you go through their catalogs and see if what you're looking for is there. Um, most times it is, and that makes it easier. Then you negotiate on price, etc. Um, sometimes it's not, and you really have to do some hunting. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll say it right now because unfortunately it doesn't look like it's going to happen, but I really, really wanted to do Dawn and Day of the Dead oh my God. as a double feature. Yeah. Um, it was. It took me about six months to track down the licensing, uh, and when I did, they're just so outrageously out of range. I don't know any theater that could pay what they want really? to be able to show them. Yeah, I don't know if it's because George passed. I don't know what it is. I mean, um, and, and you've, you've shown some popular movies, too. Yes. Not, they're not sure. just like the weird, No, I've shown movies, movies more popular than yeah, Dawn Pre and Day. Predator. I mean, right. that's, a, that's a big one. I would imagine Absolutely. that would probably And that was simple to track down and easy to get the licensing for. Now, where did you track down the rights for Lady Terminator? <laughs> yeah, that one, uh, that one I didn't have to. Um, when, when you get to a movie as crazy and obscure as Lady Terminator... Uh, you really don't have to worry about licensing rights. I say that, but now I'm sure some Mondo yeah, company gonna, is going right, to call right, me. Right. In. Like, Wait a second, we own that. <laughs> yeah, because I think there is a Mondo company out there that owns it. Um, but that was, I think, that was my favorite. Uh, I appreciate Connecticut that. classic one. I, I, I nearly died laughing in that theater. That yeah. was the funniest thing I've ever seen. It's uh, it's an insane film. Um, that is one that I actually got to see at a Hudson Horror Show. Yeah, I had heard they had of a it. print of that. Like, they had a 35 amazing. millimeter print. And I have never been in a theater that laughed so hard. It was from beginning to end, nonstop belly laughter from everybody in the theater. Because yeah. um, it's just such a ridiculous, ridiculous movie. Um, and, I, you know, I'm glad some people enjoyed it. I, I had some hate mail about it. Really? I did. I had a few people oh who were God. like, that is the worst thing I've ever seen. And I get it. It's not a good movie by no, any no, stretch no, of no. the imagination. My cousin and I left. Like, we went there just to go see Predator. Because yeah. two of us are huge Predator fans. And we left that theater. All we talked about for like two or three weeks was Lady Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh, And I can tell you, you know, I do the, uh, the raffles and stuff. Yeah. Really tough to get any Lady Terminator related raffle prizes. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, you know what? I, I went out and bought the DVD after yeah. I saw that. I'm like, I gotta get this. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, which I don't think you even have to. I think you can watch it for free on YouTube. Oh yeah, I know, right? You there's, know? there's always a way. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a bit of a collector though. My, oh yeah. I, I've got a room just wrapped with movies, oh, nice. wall to wall. That my girlfriend hates, but. They do. The they do. My, my wife uh, doesn't really like my wall-to-wall -wall posters and things like that. <laughs> Same in my house. <laughs> it is what it is. Like I need, Listen, honey, I need one room. That's yep. all. Just give me one room. <laughs> well, see, you're good at that. I, I already had the house sort of decorated oh. before she moved it. Yes. Yeah, I, did, I did offer a compromise, though. I, I removed my Frankenhooker poster okay. and replaced it with a poster she, uh, she got to choose. Okay. Which ended up being Annie, the 1986 musical. Uh -huh. So, <laughs> okay. So Frank and Hooker got moved, but it's like you go into my living room, Frank and Hooker. There's Annie. a there's a there's a poster for Banshee, Death Race 2000, yeah. and then Annie like in this big elaborate Listen, frame. Listen, Annie has its redeeming qualities. Tim Curry is in it. Yep. So there's there's a redeeming quality. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a, you've got a technically you could say you don't have to call it Annie. You can just say you've got a Tim Curry poster. Yeah, right. right my Tim Curry poster. <laughs> That's right. I think it's just her and the dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's great. Now, how'd you get into the CT Horror Fest? Because you had that before the Connecticut yep. Cult Classics. Yep. Um, 
It's, uh, I started writing for a website called Horror News Network um, about six years ago. Uh, it's run by a couple named Rob and Christine out of Seymour. Mm-hmm. They started it actually about a dozen years ago as ComicMonsters.com and were focused solely on horror comic books. Hmm. Um, about six, six, seven years ago, they decided to branch out and include movies, etc. Um, but they needed, you know, some more writers, people who knew horror. Um, they're a great friend of theirs uh, happens to be uh, my friend Sean who dragged me in. Yeah. Um, so we started writing for Horror News Network. And then four years ago, uh, well, five years ago, Rob's like, you know what, we're going we're gonna to do a Connecticut convention. And we started putting together the first Connecticut Horror Fest. Um, you know, it's their thing. I help them as much as I can. Um, I'm always there. Uh, and it's it's tough, man. They go through a lot. It's not, not you think. I think it's hard work to put on a double feature movie night. Yeah. Try putting together a convention. Right, gathering know. all the people, the celebrities, the yeah. vendors, and everything like that. The very first year, <clears throat> our our main guest canceled the day before the event. <sighs> yeah, we had Linda Blair scheduled. I remember that. She canceled the day before. I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't too disappointed. I got, I met her once already. I, I'd heard. Um, but anyway, yeah. That's, yeah, but that's a big draw though. People. <laughs> People right. come from all over for that. Yes, and they and and they did, and thankfully they still came and they still had a good time. Um, we still had some great guests that first year. We had Tony Moran, uh, Ari Lehman, uh, T Dog, uh, what's his name, Myrony Singleton yeah, from yeah. Walking Dead. Um, so we had some 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 good guests that year. But yeah, Linda was our our big guest, and unfortunately, I mean that happens. It does. Circumstances change. I was just yep. a few weeks ago. I was down in uh, Virginia for the Scares That Care mm-hmm. weekend. Uh, which was amazing, and yeah, they had a couple celebrity cancellations yeah. sort of last minute. In yeah. fact, one of them was actually Sid Haig. I think he had come down with something. Yes, and I was like, oh my god, I hope he makes it to the CT. I run. know, I know. I knock know. on wood. I'm, I'm knocking. I'm knocking with you, man. I hope, I hope he's, uh, he's okay. I think he's at Monster Mania this weekend. Oh, okay. And I think he's actually there tonight. Uh, I got confirmation from somebody. Nice. Um, well, I didn't actually get the confirmation yet, but they're going to look. I'm sorry. I, I retract. Um, but I haven't heard any bad news yet. So when I don't hear bad news, I take that as good news. So hopefully he's there and everything's good. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, Connecticut Horror Fest should be, uh, should be good this year. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. It's first year on a new venue as well. Yeah, this is the Danbury one now. Yeah, yeah. We moved out. Well, we didn't move out. That place, the Matrix, uh, they got bought. Not bought out. I think they went under. I think they just went really? under. Really? Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, so, um, so we moved it to the Danbury Ice Arena. Um, which should give us a larger, more slippery ground to. Well, no, more gonna, slippery they're, ground. Yeah, they're going to cover the they're <laughs> going to cover the ice, thankfully. But um, it should be it should be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. Plus, we got the the zombie laser tag this yeah. year for the first time, um, which I got to be a zombie in the commercial for, which is awesome. Oh, I didn't watch yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> look it up. Check I'm it out. Stumbling around with uh, awesome zombie makeup on, which was uh, really cool and. And actually, I don't know how those guys put that on because it's pretty uh, terrible being in that chair for a couple hours while they apply yeah, all right. that makeup. <laughs> yeah, a friend of mine um, is in uh, was in actually a couple of Romero movies oh, wow. as a zombie. He had, he had some FaceTime on. I, in fact, I think he's he's on the uh, the poster for Land of the Dead. Oh, great! He's one of the guys on like the, the side over there, and mm-hmm. you, could, you could catch him in the movie and stuff. But I'm yep. like, he just said it was brutal. You know, you sit in there. He he, he loved it because obviously yeah. he's a horror nut. Right. He's like, yeah, this is great. Right. Um, I was in I was an extra in one zombie movie, Steve Niles Remains. Nice. Filmed in Norwich. Yeah, yeah. And um, Steve Niles is awesome. We went. I went to 
go, there was two lines. There was the prosthetics line, mm-hmm. and you get, you know, whatever, get gashes and all kinds of cool stuff put all over you. And then there was the blood line, where they just, like, dump a bucket of blood on you. Yeah. So we were in the prosthetics line, me and my cousin, um, and she was like, Ugh, how long is this line? And we'd been there for hours, and nobody had budged. And I'm like, I kind of want to get something to drink. And she's like, yeah, me too. We're like, let's just go to the bloodline. So no line for the bloodline. Just go in there and they dump buckets of blood on us. My sister-in-law went in the prosthetics line because she was pregnant at the time. And the prosthetics people were like, oh, my God. Can we put makeup on your belly? And she's like, yeah. So she had, like, (laughs) elaborate makeup coming out of her belly and stuff. Oh, that's great. So they filmed all the scenes with us. We go and watch the movie. She's not in it at all. I'm in like six scenes. Just my stupid costume dumped with blood dumped all over me. Oh man! So, but it was um, it was fun. Yeah, no, that's but great. I I, get, I could not do the the line for the makeup. That's not even getting it put on. Like they yeah. were in the chairs for hours. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Steve Niles is awesome. Though. That's, yeah, that's cool that you have to be in that. It's awesome. But um. So yeah, so what other projects you got going on? Anything anything interesting? You know, other than uh, than Horror News Network and right now the focus is really on Connecticut Horror Fest. Thank God I've you know I've taken care of everything I need to take care of for the August twenty sixth uh, Evil Dead double feature. Sure. because um, we're really, you know, what we've got a month. Yeah, a month to Connecticut uh, Horror Fest September sixteenth. Yeah. Um, and the day before we've got the movie night with Sid Haig where we're showing House of a Thousand Corpses and the Sick Hate Q&A. So it's really just, you know, full steam ahead on, on Connecticut Horror Fest and, and that weekend um, right now. And then after that, uh, it's, you know, writing for Horror News Network and planning the next uh, Connecticut Cult Classics event, which will be October 21st and will be uh, announced next week. Awesome. Yep. Now, uh, where can we go for information and tickets and everything else for these two things? Absolutely. Uh, Connecticut... Yeah, yeah. Connecticut Cult Classics is uh, reachable at ConnecticutCultClassics.com. That's Connecticut spelled out, not a CT. Um, also, you can find us on uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all those fun social media places. Uh, Connecticut Horror Fest, you can find right at uh, CTHorror.com. That one's easy to remember. And Horror News Network, of course, HorrorNewsNetwork.net. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, I think I'm on Facebook and the uh, yeah, I'm sure. the Instagram and all that to uh, to stay on top of it. Maybe not Instagram. I've admitted I've never used it. No? No, I'm, listen, man. <laughs> I'm at that point where I can't do any more social media. Oh, man. I know. It's tough. Uh, I pretty much... I got um, pushed into Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I pretty much take care of the, the Instagram for Horror News Network, Connecticut Horror Fest, uh, Connecticut Cult Classics oh and God. Larry Dwyer. So, Larry Dwyer. <laughs> yeah. thankfully, they've actually recently uh, fixed Instagram, so you don't have to log out and log back in with your credentials oh, when you're switching accounts. Could, you could just swap now. Them, I like, can just drop fly. down. Yeah, but before, like just the past couple of weeks, you would have to log out, retype in your password, and it was such a yeah. You talk about 2017 problems. We're here, you know. <laughs> I take more than one yeah, button. We're here complaining about logging accounts. into our Instagram. Oh, it's so terrible. That's so terrible. I know. You know, what are our kids going to be complaining about in 20 years? Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's all about trying to keep cool things in Connecticut, trying to make fun stuff for us horror fans. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that myself, obviously. Yeah, um, absolutely. 
it's great for me. I mean, you guys have it. The, the Strand Theater, we mentioned, it's it's in, I guess, whatever you would call downtown Seymour, yep. where the Antique District is, right. uh, which is very close to my house. I have walked to oh, multiple nice. shows. <laughs> That's great. So it's been amazing for me. I'm like, I, for years, I've seen, yeah, I used to walk by the theater and yeah. all the time, and there, whatever movies were playing, it was always like, oh, we're playing the Transformers from three years ago. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, no one's going to go watch that. Right. Or we're playing, they try to play whatever mainstream movies they could get they would yeah. get the movies from two or three years ago yeah. and you're like nobody's gonna watch that right i'm like why don't they show movies from 30 years ago people will go crazy yeah like i said when i first approached them uh they, they looked at me like i was a little crazy with the, uh, the the idea of doing a horror movie double feature but then when they saw 200 people in the seats they were like huh <laughs> yeah you know, right you might be onto something here <clears throat> i saw um, they were doing um was it the godfathers or yeah, something they've been doing the well john john who uh, who who basically runs it for the knights of columbus over there um you know i talked to him and I give him ideas. I'm like, do you know Jaws during Fourth of July weekend? Yep. Do the Godfathers. Do a Rocky double feature during the summer. Do the Goonies. He's actually got the Goonies coming up. Nice. So they're they've actually where before they were just doing they would do like the Quiet Man uh, near uh, St. Patrick's Day and they would do It's a Wonderful Life at Christmas time. Yeah. They always do Rocky Horror Picture Show at ha- Halloween. But other than that, they didn't really show anything. Mm-hmm. Now I, th- you know, not to toot my own horn, but I've sparked a little interest in them, and they're doing some other stuff themselves, which is great because the community's coming out and people are going to see yeah. fun movies. I nearly got dragged to Dirty Dancing. Oh it yeah, was- <laughs> I almost went too. My- we were doing something that weekend. Yep. But- I almost went too, um, but I somehow got out of it. Uh, my wife really wanted to go, but <laughs> something something came up, and I was like, yes. Because uh, I don't care whether they put Baby in a corner, frankly. I, I don't. I don't. I, I love Patrick Swayze, but I like my Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse. Yeah, Roadhouse. Yeah. Roadhouse Swayze. Yeah, Roadhouse, I think likes Outsiders, that. you know. Yep. That's my Patrick Swayze. Yeah, they, uh, um, if you go to the Southington Drive-In, I mean. Oh, yeah, I've been. Uh, I was going to say, they show Jaws every year. Mm-hmm. And that, like, basically, I don't know if you could sell out a drive-in, but they yep. pack as many cars in that place as oh, they yeah. can get in. The very first year they started uh, <clears throat> doing movies again. They showed Friday the Thirteenth. Yes, I was there for that. One. I was there for that. It was one in too. October. Yeah, yep. yeah, it was so awesome. I bought my daughter, who was like three nice. at the time. My daughter loves horror <laughs> movies. She's six now. Uh, she loves the Babadook. Is actually her favorite. Really? Yeah, she loves the Babadook. Uh, she dressed up as Chucky at Connecticut Horror Fest last year and uh, placed second in the kids' costume contest. <laughs> She's got a Chucky doll in her room. She loves loves horror movies. It's crazy. She doesn't like clowns though. But she oh. does. She does keep asking me to bring her to Stephen King's It when it comes out. But I, I'm not trying. Not trying to get arrested. So I'm probably <laughs> hey, not listen, going to drag a six-year-old I, I to see that. I used to work in a movie theater. People would bring in kids much younger than that oh, at, to like midnight movie no, showings, just, and I'm like, these kids should no. be sleeping. Like, yeah, that's forget just whatever it's watching. No, I'm not gonna bring because don't get me. Of course, I love my daughter, but she's just gonna sit there and ask a ton of questions. Yeah, right. Nobody needs that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. You know where she'll be? She'll be at. Connecticut Cult Classics next event, pulling the raffle numbers. That's it. You know, she'll be there for that. She actually, uh, she did not like the last event, the Werewolf Night, because she said Silver Bullet was not scary enough. Oh, yeah. She's like, it wasn't scary. You Gary Busey? That didn't. (laughs) Gary Busey scares the heck out of me. Uh, So, guess not her though. I guess not her. Well, you can't win them all. That's right. So yeah, hey, I got one more question for Go you. For it. So on this episode that I'm squeezing this interview into, yeah. uh, we're covering camping horror movies. Do you have any favorite camping horror movies Absolutely. without, with excluding the Friday the Thirteenth? Yeah, they're gonna get I wasn't even gonna thing. say that. Yes, perfect. I was gonna say Sleepaway Camp. Yes. Yeah, Sleepaway Camp is easily 
No, actually, not easily. I'll, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go tie. I'm gonna say Sleepaway Camp and The Burning. Those the Burning. Are, yeah, those are my two favorite uh, two favorite camp. Yeah. Type slasher films. Uh, Sleepaway Camp, still one of the best endings of any film oh of all God. time. It's mind blowing. And, and the burning, dude, you get to see a svelte Jason Alexander. <laughs> Sarcastic you? and confident. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that guy? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, those would be my two favorites. Awesome. Yeah. The Great Summer movies, too. Absolutely. All I think everything you can pick up on. Yeah, Absolutely. I love the Sleepaway I actually love all the Sleepaway Camps except for four. Yeah. Um, yeah. But two and three, totally underrated. Absolutely. They don't get nearly enough credit. They don't get They're the hysterical. They're no great love. parodies of yep. slashers. Yep. It's a good time. I agree. All great movies. I agree. But, um, but yeah, so thanks for coming on here and, uh, you know, going over some of your awesome horror events with us. And thanks for spreading the uh, the horror around Connecticut. Cause I think everybody uh, everybody really loves that, especially me. No, good. I'm glad you do. Thank you. Uh, thank you guys for having me. I uh, appreciate it. And um, I'll make sure everybody listens to uh, the podcast. Thank you. you All you it. need is blood. And I uh, just want to thank you once again for coming on. And uh, I'll send it back to myself, who I forgot where I left off. So that's it. <laughs> big that thanks, interesting. Big thanks to Larry for coming on. And hopefully, wasn't he great? He was amazing. He was, he was awesome. Was, yes. Yeah, man. That was great. That was awesome. And I'd also like to say I sounded especially sexy in that uh, segment, and uh, I want to thank myself for doing such a good job. Good job, <laughs> me. You're all right, you fucking slut. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. So, anyway, uh, now we can move on uh, back to our regularly scheduled programming. Um, let's start off like we always do. Uh, we'll talk about what we've been uh, listening to, watching, reading, whatever. Uh, what's been going on? So, Mike, let's start with you. What's been going on with you? Uh, I've been getting caught up with my gaming as uh, school doesn't start for about another week. Uh, I finished Dead Space 2. I'm playing Dead Space 3 right now. And, uh, yeah, it's not the best. But, um, it's, uh, it's also not the worst I've ever played. Um, other than that, uh, I've been listening to a lot of Gojira lately. And just waiting for school to start. Pretty boring. Nice. You got your new backpack. You're ready. You got a new lunchbox. Yeah. My new uh, Power Rangers lunchbox and my Powerpuff Girls backpack. I'm ready to go. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I would actually love to see you carrying around a Powerpuff Girls backpack. Actually, yeah, I would as well because that would just be fucking epic. <laughs> That's amazing. How about you, Shane? You have anything uh, interesting going on? Anything you watched um, recently? Uh, no, actually. Well, um, basically watched a movie for the purposes of this podcast, but, um, right. other than that, I've not really been watching much cause I've not been at home much this week. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, other than that, I mean, when I've been at home, I've been listening to a lot of music. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds and Bauhaus, which is pretty much my go-to um goth band because i love them and a bit of field to the nephilim as well so uh yeah i've been listening to those um being abused by the cat cat doesn't let me sleep mm-hmm. um other than that and not much else all right well that's oh, and, and getting recognized in the street from the yeah, podcast, right <laughs> most importantly freaky. yeah that was just freaky <laughs> wow yeah. awesome so uh, this week I actually watched a um, 
a movie screener that was sent to me um, from uh, uh, Phil Stevens, who is the director of Lung 2. So he sent me that. He also, as a follow-up, sent me his earlier film, Flowers. I haven't got a chance to watch that yet. Um, so I watched that, wrote a review up for the uh, for the UHM uh, main page. And um, it uh, Lung 2 was interesting. It is a like an underground extreme horror gore film, right? So there's a lot of violence, there's a lot of flesh and all kinds of weird shit, but it's shot in a very artistic manner. Everything's in sort of this black and white sepia tone, so there's a little bit of color, but it's it's really desaturated. And it there's no dialogue in the film whatsoever. It's really just like a guy walking around encountering these like morbid scenes and having flashbacks or hallucinations or whatever's going on in his head. And by the end of the film, it all sort of comes together. It gets pieced together, and you, you're able to figure out the story if you're actually paying attention to the the images that are in the film. Like, everything's like, oh, okay, now I get it. I see where everything falls into place. But, I mean, it was pretty interesting. Uh, if you're a fan of, um, like, ultra gore, I highly recommend it. If you don't like that sort of thing, then it's still interesting to watch. It's not like the, It's not the most gory thing I've ever seen. It's, you know... It is what it is for an underground type movie. Um, I don't know. I, I, unless you're interested in that aspect of horror, um, maybe uh, maybe not watch it. But if you have any interest in the underground films or uh, or you know extreme cinema or anything like that, uh, then definitely check it out. In fact, it was produced, Shane, by uh, two of our good friends, um, Wooden Heart and Splat. We're both producers. Oh, of really? And in fact, oh. Splat has a role in it. <laughs> he plays he does? yes, he plays a psychiatrist. <laughs> so, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> That's the person who needed to play a psychiatrist. That's hysterical. Um, That's funny. Yeah, but if you, if you check it out, uh, he's in there, so um, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's called Lung Two, and it's interesting. It, it's I think it's worth a watch. I don't know if it's if it's uh, for your taste, Mike. I know you have a. Uh, uh, a more dislike for the underground type films. Eh, I mean, I'll give it a chance, but it's See, not for me, really. Yeah, I don't generally watch stuff like that either, but yeah, I will it, give it a watch. The, the it only... sounds to me like this one underground uh, horror movie I watched, Wooden Heart told me to watch it, but I forget the name of it. Like, it was black and white, and, like, God was eating himself, hmm. oh. killing himself, and... That's all I remember for it, from it. But uh, that was pretty good, so I don't know. Maybe I'll like this, too. Yeah, I mean, it was we interesting. To, maybe we need to get those guys on, because that would be funny. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Um, the, uh, the I'd say the one negative of that film that I watched uh, was probably that it was a little bit on the pretentious side. Like, you know, the, the director clearly had a message and, you know, his, his own yeah. visions of what he wanted. It, it was very artistic, and some of the shots were done very well. But you could tell he was just like, hey, everybody, you know, this is horror. This is art. So there's a little bit of that in there, a little over the top, you know, on the nose with some of its uh, its artistic aspects. But, I mean, I kind of like that because I, I like being a little bit pretentious every now and then. Well, that's better oh. than, like, mindless gore that a lot of those underground movies have. Where just, people are just, like, throwing up on each other and shit. Yeah, right. No, exactly. I, I did. The artistic yeah, well, stuff was my favorite part in the movie. In my favorite See, parts if I was to, if I was to watch a film of people watch throwing up left right and center I'd just be pissing myself <laughs> laughing all the way through everybody knows that the sound of vomit makes me laugh so I would just literally crack up 
it's definitely well known. <laughs> <laughs> now is now it is, yeah. Hey, go me. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, I just actually got a message from Splat. <laughs> just talking about the guy, speak of the devil. And uh, he just sent me a link. I, I sent the same review that I put on uh, the UHM main page. I sent it to, because Splat and Wooden have their, their own website, Extreme Horror Cinema. Uh, they put my review up on their uh, site. So you can go oh, check cool. it out there as well. I'll probably post a link in the uh, in the uh, podcast group, the All You Need Is Blood group. So there you go. little uh, live content there for you. So... Um, Besides that, Shane, I know you did watch one thing this week. Um, you did watch the trailer for the new Leatherface. Ugh, or yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre prequel. What's the name of this movie? Is it just called Leatherface? Yes. Yeah, that's Leatherface. Mm. Like, yeah, you can note, note our hint of enthusiasm for this. So uh, what did you think of the trailer and how excited are you for this? I'm not very excited about it at all. And in fact, I thought the movie itself looked quite poor. Yeah. Um, I was, I mean, I was quite impressed the fact that I've got some big names in it. But I um, mean, like we mentioned, um, was that Lily Taylor uh, is in it, and um, whoever else is in it. But um, it just obviously it just seems it obviously it's a prequel, and it's not like we need a prequel. We no. really don't. Do we really um, want to know the background of Leatherface, or do you just not care? I don't care personally. Yeah. Right, we yeah, know he's yeah. we know he's a hillbilly that eats people and has a chainsaw. Yeah. I mean, really, do I want to hear more about him? I mean, the train, the film itself, it basically how he gets, or well, the trailer, how it presents itself, is that Leatherface himself, before he becomes Leatherface, is just a standard redneck kid who yeah. gets a chainsaw for his birthday. Who buys a kid a fucking chainsaw for their birthday? I ask you. <laughs> But, you know, he goes around, he starts carving people up left, right and centre, and then it goes from there. And it's the way it's portrayed is that he gets arrested, he gets taken away, he gets put in a psychiatric unit, he escapes all before dinner. So all before dinner? Yeah, so <laughs> what? how the fuck? You know, so he's in there for a couple hours? It's not like the Michael Myers yeah, thing it, where he goes in as a little no, kid? And comes out as a fucking six foot eight tall beast, yeah. yeah. No... You know, no, it's just it just didn't it didn't add up. It just doesn't add up at all. And to me, it just looks really like a poor excuse for a cash cow. Yeah, this thing is it's getting it, people are excited for this, and I don't I know see why. A lot of those. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. Just... They're like, "Oh, this looks great! I can't wait! This is exciting!" And I'm like, "What? What are you talking? Have you watched the same trailer I did? This looks like shit." Yeah, I, I won't be watching this. I will not be watching it. Um, really? It not looks, at all? Not at all. No, I'm not interested. The last che Texas Chainsaw movie that that was released, the one with the girl, the cousin. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, the, allegedly the, his cousin. The 3D. Yeah, allegedly. Alleged, yeah. Allegedly his probably. cousin. <laughs> yeah, prob probably his sister. But, um, you know, I was just, I was not. Probably it, both. Not all, yeah, or his mama. Um I was not impressed with it at all. It was just piss poor. And what's really funny, um, UK Horror Channel, they keep repeating it every three months. Oh, God. And it's, well, it seems like every three months. It's probably every three weeks, you know. But it's it just seemed 
it seems really bad effort. It's like nobody is making the effort with these movies anymore. And I will not be watching it. I, I really will not be watching it because it just doesn't interest me at all anymore. I wonder you can tell if... on the title, too. Like, they go in from Texas Chainsaw Massacre to Texas Chainsaw, and now it's just Leatherface. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think the next movie's about him, like, coming out of the womb or something. Yeah, right. Oh, space. <laughs> the impregnation. No, womb. womb face. The, in- gonna the impregnation. It's just going to be, like, a two-hour sex scene. <laughs> Followed by nine months of grilling <laughs> fucking crap that whatever women go through. We apologize for that, by the way. And um, hey, you said it. Yeah. Hey, I apologize too. So, yeah. um, <laughs> but you know, it's just like then the screaming birth and the entrails and all that shit. You know, yeah, great. I'd watch that over this. Yeah, this this couldn't look more generic in my eyes, like just based on the trailer. Uh, I mean, I'm probably still going to watch it because I've watched all of them. So, I, I mean, I guess I will. I've liked I'm not a big Texas Chainsaw guy, uh, even the original. In my opinion, it's one of the most overrated horror movies. And I know. Go ahead. Throw me your shit. I'll take it. It's good, but it's not this fucking mind blowing thing that people always talk about it like it is. I don't know. I think it's yeah, fine. the same way about the sequel. Like everyone goes nuts about the sequel. I just I can't sit through it. I think it has a su- couple good, really good scenes. Oh, I love two. I love two, but two is fun. Is it, it, it's got a bunch it, of nonsense I, in it. I know, Does but it, I like the first change? one. But the second one, it's like the first one's like this horror classic, in my opinion, and the second one is just like this over the top comedy with Dennis Hopper wielding chainsaws. I'm like, come on, yes. Isn't doesn't the movie poster for the second movie have a mock up of the Breakfast Club? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> yeah, I never, I never watched that. Oh no, that one's um, good. It, it's ridiculous. Like the first one, like Mike said, it's nitty, it's it's gritty, it's like gross, and you know, just has this like awful rednecky feel to it. And like, the, it is good at building the tension, but the second one is like Evil Dead Two. It's like slapstick and fucking nonsense. And Bill Mosley's running around with a plate in his head. And Dennis Hopper's... He's wheeling two chainsaws and, like, (laughs) fighting Leatherface with two chainsaws. It's so good! Oh, man. I love that. And three is... is, What's that, Shane? I was going to say, is this one of those movies we'll be talking about on the next podcast? So bad it's good? No. No, 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 no. Two is generally... in, In general, I consider it good, but... The next one, no, we're going to find some really bad ones. I'm, I'm going to count on you, Shane, to not pick a good movie. You have to pick a bad one. Oh, I can think of several. <laughs> All right. I have several movies in my collection that I love that everybody else hates. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, going back going back to Texas Chainsaw, I, can, um, I actually preferred the remake over the original. I mean, I enjoyed the remake. I don't know that I would take it over the original, but I thought it was it was yeah. good. It was it was the best one since two, in my opinion. Right. Okay. But yeah, and even the the prequel, uh, the first prequel, um, what the hell was it called? The beginning, Te- wasn't it? The beginning. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I was thinking zero. I'm like, it's not zero. It's something else. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Zero. <laughs> that was that was okay too. I liked uh, Arlie Ermy in it, so he he's good. I don't know. <laughs> He's <In> case. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So that covers our Texas Chainsaw and uh, trailer discussion for the day, I think. We'll, we'll probably end up back in the Texas movies someday. 
Um, maybe when maybe when this comes comes out eventually. But on instead TV. of that, yeah. yeah, right. Instead of that, <laughs> let's get on to our main topic. The uh, we wanted to do something summery because we're in the middle of summer right now. So oh. I thought, what better thing to do than uh, camping horror, like horror movies that take place at camps or while people are camping or you know stuff around that. And everybody, I'm glad you, desc- I'm glad you described that because it could have been like it could have been a bit ooh ducky, you know. I don't know what that horror. is. Ooh ducky, what the hell is that? <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> no, camp horror, gay horror. <laughs> What does ooh ducky mean? Yeah, I want I'm, to know I'm the completely to lost, it's, Shane. It's 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 a, a a well-known British phrase for go on um, who people right if people think that someone is a bit gay they say ooh they're a bit ooh ducky. <laughs> well, I've Brit- never heard that, so thank you for expanding yeah. our uh, our lingo, Shane. Hey, you're all right. I'm British. What else do you expect? Good lord. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we picked a bunch of uh, camping movies, and we decided no Friday the Thirteenth, because um, they're Yay! they're on their own. You know, they're their own thing. Despite the most, and we of them did taking... a, we did a podcast like that fucking yonks ago. Yeah, so, we did yeah. a really. It was so good. Too. We did a really piss poor podcast. So don't listen to that. <laughs> I, no, I think people should listen to that because they can see how far we've come along. Yeah. Good. Oh fuck! You did well. Now we're coming. We're coming far just because you get recognized uh, on the street, Shane. Pulled All that the fame street. is going right to his yeah, head. right to his head. Sickening. Fuck yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's start this off, Mike. I'm going to start with you because um, you selected one of my favorite horror movies, just in general, and probably. One of the greatest slashers of all time. Uh, you took uh, 1981's The Burning. So why don't you tell us yes, about I this did. movie? Well, uh, The Burning is a movie done by Tony Malam in 1981. Um, he's a director. He did a lot of uh, documentaries. He hasn't really done a lot of horror by the looks of it. But... Um, uh, this movie's also co-wrote by uh, Harvey uh, Weinstein, Tony Malam, and Brad Gray. And Harvey Weinstein's like this huge <laughs> producer now, so it's mm. kind of cool to see that he wrote this or co-wrote it rather. But um, this movie's cool because it starts off like most horror movie movies that start off in like a campsite. They start off with like you know uh, like a group of kids. They're like telling a ghost story, and then it goes from there. But this movie, it starts off with a prank by a bunch of kids who didn't like this one uh, camp counselor. I think it was a camp counselor. And no, I, th- um, I thought he was like the the gardener or something. Was he? Yeah, he was a gardener. So they don't like this gardener, and they uh, do a prank on him to scare him, but they end up burning him alive. And then he just kind of disappears for a while, and then you know legends start being uh, spoken of him at these campfire stories. And eventually he comes back and he uh, tries to uh, take revenge of the kids that set him on fire. And uh, the good thing about this movie is that the effects were done by Tom Savini. Ah. Yes. And what's usually like with these kind of horror movies that like really, you know, it's super gory right from the beginning. And and there's a lot of um, what's the word? 
there's a lot of like action going along like towards the beginning of the movie but this movie it takes it takes a while for something to happen but it's never boring it's it's, it's like takes like 40 minutes for like i think like the first kill and um that's what i really liked about it because they had they showed the kids actually enjoying their time at the summer camp so the audience can actually get hooked on these characters yeah you know, and that's that's what I really liked about it. They were just showing these kids be kids, and then when something does happen, it's kind of more meaningful. Um, speaking of the kids, there's a lot of, well, I guess maybe like two really known actors in this. Jason Alexander is in this, who yes. plays uh, uh, George on Seinfeld, and uh, Fisher Stevens, who's done a lot of stuff. Uh, he's the Indian guy in Short Circuit. <laughs> oh fucking hell! But, I completely forgot he was in this. But he's not Indian. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah, he's in this. Uh, Holly Hunter's in this. Who does? Uh, I think she's Elastigirl in The Incredibles. Um. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, Brian Backer is in this. He's done. He was in uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I mean, there's a lot of people in here, and the, the cast is really good. The effects are really good, and the story is awesome. And uh, I'm not going to I don't want to like spoil it, but the, the very ending scene is just is so cool. I, I for some reason, it's it's pretty short, but I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, it, probably one of the most famous parts of uh, of this movie is the raft scene. At, oh, yeah. At, at one point, a, a group of the kids are out on a, on a raft sort of stuck in the middle of this river. And uh, the uh, the bad guy, Cropsy, goes out there and just fucking lays these kids to waste and it is amazing it's like some of the best special effects work you're gonna see in like any horror movie yeah and the, the, the cool part is it's it's not just like a sword or like you know a gun or anything this guy's got gardening shears mm. which is just fucking awesome and like i said tom savini did the effects for it so you know you're gonna get quality and this is early like tom savini too is 81 he didn't he skipped friday the 13th part two to do this yeah so yeah, it's uh, it's a great movie. I mean, I've got the Scream Factory Blu-ray of it, mm -hmm. which I recommend because the artwork is so badass on it. It's the uh, Blu-ray DVD combo. Yeah, uh, Arrow actually has a really. Uh, I think they got a really good one as well. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure picture quality which is better. I really don't know. Uh, yeah. But I actually really like Arrow's cover art for that one as well too. If you check that out, it looks really good. But yeah, uh, this movie's great. It's in terms of slashers. I mean, this is fucking right up there, man. This is like definitely in my top five slashers. You know, maybe oh, yeah. two or three. It's it's really good. I love this one. Shane, have you, have you ever seen The Burning, or is that a little um, too off? The I think path? I have. No, I think I have. And if I have, it was probably quite a few years ago. But I do remember um, a lot of the screenshots that I see. I remember some of them um, from the film itself. Yeah, and, and this movie is actually, for a period of time, it sort of, like, disappeared off the map, which is really weird. Um, it didn't have a DVD release, I want to say, until, like, 2000 and... I don't know, it, it was, like, 2007 or something. Like, for no reason, this movie should have been out the entire time, like, DVD was going around. But, like, the, the last of the VHS, they didn't have any VHS re-releases. They only had, I think, the one run of them back in the 80s. So it became really difficult to find this movie for a period of time. Now, now, like you said, you got the Scream Factory, you got the Arrow. It also had a previous DVD release that came out in that 2007 range, somewhere around there. So it's readily available, and it's be it's become more popular. But for whatever reason, this movie sort of just disappeared, which is nuts. Hmm. 
That is nuts because I mean it's it's so damn good. And I think I mean you could easily rank this over a lot of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I'm a big fan of uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. I think that's like maybe my favorite one and two. Or it's pretty close, but yeah, this in terms of characters, which is I've said it before. It's that's the most important part of a slasher movie is making you care about the characters, or maybe yeah. not even care, but you like them, you hate them, whatever. You have feelings about them. It's when you have these generic characters in a movie that you don't care either way, and they're just fodder for a killer. That's when it becomes like a weak slasher. Um, so th this movie doesn't fall prey to that. They make you invest in the characters, and you're like, oh, I fucking hate this guy. I can't wait till he gets it. Or you're like, oh no, not this kid. Yep. Yeah, they do. Really they do well. a wonderful job with that because each each character has their own super unique personality. I mean, there's this one asshole named Glazer, and he reminds <laughs> me of that one guy from Hot American Summer who just always talks about getting laid, but he's never done it before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, it's each character is just like like you said, Ryan. You just either want him to live or you know you want him to die. But it's it's so different from a lot of other slashers. Yeah, it does really good job on this one. Um, I love it. I highly recommend it. It's it's probably more, uh, my favorite camping slasher um, that's out there. It's it's really good. And, and the scenery, too. That's another way I like to rank some of the camping slashers. Like, it looks like they're out in the woods, because they are. They're out on a lake somewhere. They're on some summer camp. So, uh, it looks cool. It's not just shot in the back lot of some, you know, someplace out in Hollywood. Uh, but, yeah, it's good. Definitely hmm. watch The Burning. All right, let's move on to the next one we got. Um, Shane, you want to do yours? Because I know you just finished this up. Yeah. Um, oh, shit. What was it fucking called again? Just before dawn, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, folks. You're listening to the most prepared podcast in the U.S. and the U.K. Go us. Go us. We're multinational. We're multinational retards. Yay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, just before dawn. Yeah, I literally just before just as you messaged me to tell me that you were ready i had literally just finished watching it so yeah i mean just before dawn it's basically um a film about five campers arriving in the mountains um basically going on a little vacation and uh they get warned by uh roy mclean classic actor from like the 50s and or 50s onwards basically and he's like the uh, forest ranger there and he basically warns them and tells them to stay away from the mountains and all this kind of stuff. Roy McLean, and, I thought that was George Kennedy. Is it? Yeah, Roy. Oh, yeah, that's it. Oh, for fuck's sake, I keep getting his bleeding name. Yeah, George Kennedy. Okay. I'm just getting, I'm, oh, man. Look, I'm picturing the movie, and I'm like, I think that was George Kennedy. Yeah, look, I'm just, oh, right, anyway. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, they basically, these kids just basically avoid his warning and um just head up to the to the mountains anyway and they go for a go for a swim and then they see this young girl there and she's like playing coy and all that kind of stuff and trying to grab their attention and um it turns out there's like what they think is like some kind of demon running around in the woods and uh, it's basically teasing them to begin with and then it starts killing off certain members of the group one by one and uh it's one of those films i watched um with trepidation shall we say now why is that Shane? 
Well, it's a 1981 horror movie, and I was just like, this is either going to be okay or it's going to be really shit. And I will basically say I didn't mind this movie. And it was it was the first time I'd watched it, you know, Sunday afternoon. I'm so used to turning on, on the TV and you've got Sunday afternoon classics like Ghostbusters 2, which is constantly being repeated at the moment in the UK. Um, or you get uh, something like Look Who's Talking, where me, I'd rather sit down and watch a nice lot horror movie in the afternoon, you know, because UK Horror Channel, hate to say it, is bordering on piss poor at the moment. Um but yeah, watching just before dawn is the story's not too bad. It's actually not that bad. Um, you know, you can't, you don't exactly get attached to the characters as such, but you kind of like you work out because there's like you got two brothers and their girlfriends, and then you've got the geeky fifth wheel mm-hmm. with the camera camera guy and all that kind of stuff. And then when people start getting offed, you kind of like feel for the characters in a sense. You know, as cheesy as it sounds. But um, it's when they find the the old couple, uh, or the daughter, the the girl who keeps following them following them around the woods. Her parents live in the um, in a cabin in the woods. So it's basically they're like, you get away from here. You'll bring out the devil and all this kind of shit. And then it um, it basically transpires. Spoiler alert, there are two killers. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's like the term redneck inbreeding springs to mind. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like a, uh, almost like a wrong turn um, with, with, the, with the two killers kind of things. Or like, you know, rednecks yeah. that have just been out in the woods and they're maybe not mutated, but they're not, they're not looking right. That's for sure. They, yeah, they sure aren't right in the head. You can tell that from the start. But, um, I mean, there was one of the guys in it I recognised from something. I just can't fucking place him. Um, Greg Henry. There we go. He played Warren. Now, I didn't realise it was him, obviously, because I, I just looked at it and I thought to myself, fucking hell, he looks familiar. But I recognise him from Guardians of the Galaxy 2. He played Grandpa Quill. Um, oh, jeez. Yeah. He was also in um, Lollipop Chainsaw. He, played, he voiced um, the character of the dad in Lollipop Chainsaw. He was also in um, Slither. Big James um, Gunn guy, huh? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was just, I was just, I thought I fucking recognized him. But obviously, he was very, very young. So um, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that was him. I was like, where do I know his face? And there he is. So, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of recognisable places in, uh, faces in there. And, um, you know, it was, uh, it was quite cheesy. It's, it's slow. It's, it's a bit of a slow bird builder, you know, because, I mean, it takes about an hour and ten minutes before any action really kicks in. Yeah. But... Um, Overall, I think uh, it's not a bad movie. It's it's okay. Um, not the greatest slasher I've ever seen in my life, but you know, it's not it's not overly bad. Yeah, I I, I think I'm fully with you on that one, Shane. Uh, I like this mm. one mostly because I like the kills in it. Um, mm. 
everything else is is sort of just fine. Like the characters are fine. Yeah. You don't have any problems with that. The killer's interesting. It's it's a little bit different than the normal shit you get in most slasher movies. Yeah, the uh, the killer's voices though irritated me a lot. So that I think that's like um, what was that movie? The Fulci movie um, uh, where the killer's on the phone and he's got like a. Uh, like a da- not Daffy Duck, the other one, a Donald Duck type voice. Girl with a crystal plumage. No, 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 that's Sargento. Um, oh, was it? Sorry. Oh, I'm having a brain fart. Manhattan Baby? No, not that one. I can't remember whichever one it was. Um, and then there was another one too, New Year's Evil, where the killer's got like a squeaky, weird voice <laughs> like that. Right. <clears throat> I think that's a symptom of the times or something. They thought like that, like it, it's almost like their voices are fast forwarded, uh, right. you know, yeah. like, real high pitched, weird laugh and whine. I don't know. Black Christmas said like... that too. Yes, oh yeah, you're did. right. You're right. Yeah. I, that's what I mean. I think it's just, Oh, we'll do this weird fucking voice. Cause other movies have done it. I don't know. <laughs> it just sound. it didn't sound right. It didn't yeah. sit. The voices just didn't sit right with me. But overall, I mean, it's like they looked kind of menacing in a sense, you know. I mean, 1981 when the film came out, mm-hmm. people would obviously have thought, oh, my God, look at the fucking size of them. They look like bastards, you know, and they're going to kill us and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But then now, 2017, you watch it and because, yeah, it is an old film. It's 36 years old. So it's one of those films you watch it and you think, oh, no, the voices, you know, they just didn't sit right. They they weren't great at all but i mean for the time it was probably or oh, it either made audiences laugh or it actually probably properly freaked them out yeah yeah me, i don't know which you know yeah me i was just i was just like yeah it's all right you know not the not the best film in the world but it's not a bad not bad film at all yeah now this this movie yeah. does also have my absolute favorite ending to a slasher movie um, the, right. the, the very end, did you watch the end, Shane? Yes, it, um, it depends on how do you define the end because um, the version I watched on YouTube or on a, a tube that has you on it, um, it was uh, kind of like the girl punching. Yes. Well, yeah. not, ex- not exactly a punch as it is so much a um an internal strangle i guess you could say (laughs) yeah choking someone from the inside which uh fucking amazing and my favorite part about that is i mean it's this is sort of spoilers but whatever the movie's fucking 36 years old you can exactly you can go back and watch it essentially she just jams her entire arm down the killer's throat because he's got her in a bear hug and he's going to kill her. So she just takes yeah. her arm and literally just bleh, puts it all the way down his throat and starts choking him. And the camera cuts away to her boyfriend. And the look on his face is like, oh my god. Like just the most horrified look as as his uh, girlfriend just fucking mangles this guy. This gigantic brute. She takes him out. It's like the most badass you know, you talk about, like, the final girl in movies and stuff and how she's, like, she has to overcome these 
crazy odds and, you know, just, like, become a total badass. This is, like, the best example of that ever because it's the most gruesome. She's just, like, shoves her arm down there and chokes the guy out. And her pathetic boyfriend is left on the side, like, oh, no, what am I going to do? Well, admittedly, the poor fucker is laying there with his guts hanging out. Yeah, that's true. Oh, but I love that ending, man. I fucking absolutely love it. That's that. That's one of the reasons I'm like, you gotta watch this, Shane, just to see that end. Yeah, that was kind of funny. It's like the only thing I could think of while I was watching it. Well, that's a deep throating he'll never forget. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, Shane, yeah. you disgusting bastard. And you wouldn't have it any other way. No, definitely not. Yeah. So yeah, would uh, would you recommend just before dawn, uh, or who yeah, would you recommend I, it to? Hmm. I don't know who I would recommend it to, but I would recommend it to someone, or to to watch it. I'd say if you if you've never seen this film or you wanted something like early eighties, cheesy looking horror, you know, just for, just to watch it for fun. Yeah. Watch this, you know, because it's. It's it's all right. It's it's um it's interesting. It's entertaining to watch. But yeah, yeah, and it's a little bit different, you know. Yeah, it, it's it's it the is. same. You've got the stereotypical camping, you know, slasher in the woods chasing people down, but it's got enough that's different in it to make it stand out from the uh, from the pack. Yeah, I mean, you got rednecks with their gun racks with their gun racks on them and. You know, you've got a disused church that people use, but it's got a hole in the roof, and everyone's like, "Oh, this place is creepy." You know that kind of stuff. Yeah. But um, you know, it's yeah, it's not a bad film. Give it a watch. Nice. Have, yeah. you, have, have you seen this one, Mike? Nope. But now oh, I feel wow. like I don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd like it. I think it's it's du- it's a dumb slasher, but it's it's good. It's it's worth if you like slashers, definitely check it out. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely watch it. You guys made it sound like it was a lot of fun. So, all right, let's move on to the next one. Um, the movie I chose. I went. I wanted to go in a little bit of a different direction. Uh, it, despite it sounding like everything else, I chose uh, the Forest, which is from 1982. And um, this one is is directed by Don Jones, who's also directed a movie called Sweater Girls, which is apparently some sort of sex comedy about virgins, and uh, <laughs> the the Love Butcher, which I don't know what it's about, but that the title alone butcher. has me sold. <laughs> you can kind of figure it out. <laughs> I don't know. I, I gotta find it now. I'm like, oh, that that's a, a good name for a movie. I'm in. So. <laughs> Basically, in the forest, um, two couples decide to go head in, into the forest in California for a few nights to go backpacking and camping. And the couples are like, or at least the guys anyway, are, are bickering. I, I've, I suspect there's some sort of, um, what, do you, what was that word you said before, Shane? <laughs> Something ducky? Ooh, ducky. Ooh, ducky. I think there's something (laughs) ooh, ducky going on between the two guys in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) They they have a relationship that is without a doubt closer than they have with either of their wives or girlfriends. And the the girls don't have any interaction with each other. They don't even give a shit about each other. But, like, these two guys, (laughs) they're bickering, they're hugging, they're laughing. That's like a whole... There's a whole relationship built up there. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, the girls go out into the woods first, and 
the they realize something's awkward going on and the guys follow him up. I don't know why the guys went later. Maybe the, they had work or something. It, they didn't really explain it. They just said, oh, we'll, we'll come up later. And the guys got to... Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I don't know. They didn't really show what happened after their car broke down. So anyway, the guys show up and it's dark and they're hiking in the woods to go find the girls. And the girls are out there. And it turns out there is a serial killer in the woods. And he's murdering people and he's eating them. And along with the serial killer, and this is where the twist comes into this movie. It's not its not like a twist that spoils. This is just what the movie's about. There's also ghosts of the killer's two dead children and the killer's wife. And the ghosts are either helping or hindering people to be killed by the, the madman in the woods. So it's so weird that they have this ghost angle in there. And like... These two girls are camping out in the woods. They got a they got a bonfire going, and a a ghost woman appears before them, and is like, "Have you seen my kids?" And then disappears. And the two girls are like, "Huh, that was weird. What was that?" And you're like, "What was that?" <laughs> if this if, if you were out in the woods alone and some crazy ghost woman appeared and then disappeared, you'd be flipping your shit. But it, I'd, be, I'd be thinking that was some fucking good mushrooms, man. Yeah, right. Yeah. Who knows what they were doing up there? And so it turns out that this hillbilly that's out in the woods, he lives in a cave with a wicker chair that he rocks back and forth in, and he, he gets visited by his ghost children and his ghost wife, and they have talks and stuff. And apparently he killed the wife because the wife was cheating on him with some uh, repairman or something. They show this whole long scene of him like walking in, and the wife is in bed with the repairman. And they go back and forth, and it turned out the wife would bring the repairman over, lock her kids in the closet in her bedroom while she had sex with the repairman. It's it's so weird, and has this like unnecessary details that are put into this thing. And then the kids are ghosts because they got sick in the woods after the father murdered the wife. He took the kids into the woods to live in the woods, and the kids got sick, and then they threw themselves off a cliff. Or something. Now they're ghosts. Oh, that was <laughs> yeah, right. That's how they explain it too. You're like, oh, oh, okay. So that's what happened. So um, he goes out. The the killer goes out and he stabs a couple of the people, and the effects aren't very good, and the kills aren't very good. Um, one effect in particular had me just cracking up. Uh, there's a guy that's one of the main characters is sort of running across this river area. I think trying to escape the killer at one point and he slips on a rock and breaks his leg and it, it tries to show a compound fracture with like the bone sticking out, but the, so he breaks his like, um, uh, what's that? Like your shin. What the hell's that bone called? Uh, fibia, tibia. I don't know. Whatever, whatever that is, it, it shows that poking out of his leg, and it's like the it's the size of a pencil. <laughs> You're like that bone is way bigger than that. <laughs> it just looks hilarious. But yeah, the the rest of the movie's kind of dumb. But the weird ghost angle and the bad acting and and everything that it it sort of comes together in a so bad it's good kind of way. You know, this would this would have been a great mystery science theater movie. Because it the plot is nonsense, the characters are ridiculous, uh, the interactions between them are hysterical. Um, I, I don't know. I enjoyed it, but I probably shouldn't enjoy it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, but also, I forgot, I've got, got a note on here, I forgot this. This movie has some of the best slash worst 80s music you'll ever hear in your life. 
and they play like full songs of this like um sort of like it was early 80s so it has it has a little bit of that leftover disco-y tone to it and um, uh, yeah it, it's like a uh, diana ross type thing with a woman singing and there's like weird disco and guitars i'm like as they're like driving <laughs> through the woods uh hysterical all around a good time for me to watch but i don't necessarily recommend it to anyone unless you have you know a dumb sense of humor and want to watch a ridiculous slasher about a guy and his ghost kids that live in a cave well, I'm just looking at the quotes on IMDb of this, and there's two quotes. One of it is the character Jennifer saying, run, or daddy will eat you. And the second <laughs> one is, it just says, woman, Matt, in bracket, man gets stabbed and makes painful groaning sound. What? Did you say something, honey? That's <laughs> that was right <laughs> at the beginning. That was That's right at the mean. beginning. <laughs> Yeah, it's nothing else. There's no other quotes on that, and that's in the, it. In the groaning sound, it was like, <laughs> she was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I laughed. It, oh, it's it's available on Amazon Prime. So if you have Amazon Prime, just oh, fucking watch this. It is nonsense. It's called The oh, Forest, 1982. I, I will give this one a miss. <laughs> Shane, I know you will not like this. Mike, you'll probably laugh at it. You'll probably think it's funny. The cover art's really cool. Great, yeah, great cover art. <laughs> yeah. It, it's but pretty... looking at that cover, you'd have no guess that there's like ghost kids and <laughs> and fucking wacky music and shit in it. <laughs> wacky music. <laughs> hey, don't miss the '80s, man. <laughs> oh man, yeah, this one is definitely the most '80s slasher. It's 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 worth a watch for for uh, anyone that likes nonsense. Like me. So anyway, all right, Mike, uh, what was your uh, your second pick you had there? I picked Madman. And uh, Madman is a slasher from 1981, directed by Joe Giannone. I don't know how to say his name. Um, he hasn't done much, but uh, this movie I, I highly recommend. Uh, the stars in it, uh, Galen Ross is in it from uh, Dawn of the Dead. Oh, yeah. She's, yeah, she's awesome. Uh, Tony Fish, he has like a recognizable face, but I haven't seen him in anything. I guess he was like an expert fisherman back in the day. If you're, if you're into that, what? his name um, is his name is Tony Fish, and he was a fisherman. I believe so. That's that's what my uh, research has led me to believe. Um, <laughs> so this movie starts off uh, with a group of campers sitting around a campfire telling ghost stories and. The, the guy who owns the camp is telling this uh, ghost story of a guy named Madman Mars who, uh, I forget the reasons why, but he killed his wife and his kids with an are axe. They go- are they ghosts? Uh, no, they are not ghosts. Oh, oh. not interested. Yeah, I know. I just turn it <laughs> off. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you're not supposed to say his name above a whisper or else he'll come and get you. Uh-huh. So one smart-ass uh, stupid kid gets up and he's like, Hey, Madman Mars, you're gonna come and get me. And he throws a rock at his house, which you know, they're telling the ghost, ghost story right basically a hundred feet away from his old house. And he hits the house with a rock and you know, breaks a window. Obviously, Madman Mars is not too happy about some little shit throwing rocks at his house, so. You know, all the kids are like, ha, ah, that was a good story, whatever. And they all go back to uh, the camp. Well, one little asshole 
named Richie just stays behind and sees this guy in a tree looking at him. And instead of running away like any person would, he just stands there and stares at this guy, comes down a tree and just walks, watches him walk away. And throughout the whole movie, this little kid is just in this guy's house. They try to go looking for him, and every time a counselor goes to look for him, they end up dead. So this whole movie is the fault of this stupid kid named Richie who just didn't want to go back to the stupid camp. Um, <laughs> every, every counselor that goes out to look for this kid pretty much gets killed. Um, the kills are actually really well done. I don't know who did the makeup effects for it, but the kills are, are a lot of fun. Um, I could tell the directing was something that was important in this movie because there's a lot of like kind of cool scenes in here that I wouldn't really think of. Mm-hmm. Uh, one for being an example is the woman. She's trying to get uh, one of the counselors trying to get the truck to get started. And she opens up the hood. And right before the hood goes like all the way up, you see the killer's head in the background from the car like he's standing behind the truck. And it's like a little neat little uh, directing on that part. Um, but other than that, it's a really well-made movie, actually. It's very cheesy. Like, pretty cheesy. Uh, the, they did, like, dubbing, I'm assuming, because the screams coming from a lot of these counselors, you can tell, aren't really coming from them. <laughs> and uh, there's one towards the end of the movie where this one counselor is getting dragged off by uh, Madman Mars, and she's just going, ah, like over and over again. And it was just like driving <laughs> nuts. Like she just wouldn't shut up. And she, and she did it for like long periods of time. And I was just like, oh my God, kill this bitch already, please. And we, Mike, before you carry on, Mike, can we get Mike to do voice acting? Especially when it comes to girly screams, because that was fucking epic. <laughs> I didn't know how far away to go from the microphone for that one. <laughs> I think you're all right. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't really know what else I could say about this. The The makeup effects are really good. It's extremely cheesy, like really, really, really cheesy. A lot of the dialogue is really cheesy. Mm. Uh, kind of going back to what you said, Ryan, about uh, uh, the forest where there is a scene where Galen Ross thinks she sees Madman Mars in the camp. So she sees the silhouette of a guy holding an axe. And she goes, oh, my God. And one of her friends goes, what? She goes, oh, nothing. It's probably nothing. I'm like, the dude is there. <laughs> He's carrying an axe. There's kids around. An axe. It's probably nothing. And, you know and I, don't know, I don't know the budget for this movie, but you usually in horror movies, especially with like any camp movies, there's a lot of kids. There's like six kids in this. Yeah. And I don't understand why there's a camp with only five or six children. I never went to camp. Maybe that's a thing. I don't know. But yeah, it's, you know, the, there's not a lot of tension on that part because the killer is not really going for the kids' kids. He's just going for the counselors. So yeah. Other than that, I, I highly suggest it. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, the kills are a lot of fun. And it's a good, cheesy 1981 slasher movie. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't watched this one in a long time. In fact, when I was originally thinking of it, I was thinking of a couple of the kills, and then I realized it, I was thinking of the wrong movie. I was thinking of Final Exam because <laughs> I think I watched I, I think I watched watched them back to back like years ago for whatever reason, 
and they just became melded in my mind because they were like, you know, it's a <laughs> dumb serial killer. And at one point, the guy's in a tree and I'm like, oh, yeah, that must be that movie. Um, I, I, I need to track down the soundtrack album for this or do something because I was just looking on IMDb at the soundtrack credits and there's like songs on it called I Don't Need Words and I Don't Ask Why and the song of Madman Mars and this. Oh, yeah. Just for this. I have to pick it up. I have to find it. Destructo, actually, Destructo Funk. <laughs> I actually, the music in this is actually pretty good. But I forgot to mention there was there was one confusing scene for me, and I don't know if you remember this, Ryan, but uh, Galen Ross and Tony Fish, the expert fisherman, mm-hmm. they have like a like a love scene in this, and I swear to God, this like comes out of nowhere, and they're like having sex by this like hot tub indoor pool thing and this music that they play is just so damn funny like okay <laughs> in the movie tony fish's name is tp yeah TP. <laughs> okay <laughs> okay bear with me here because this made me laugh so they're they're playing the slow music and they're like taking off each other's clothes so they go down to tp's crotch and he's taking off his belt and his belt buckle says tp and i lost it <laughs> <laughs> And it's just like them like slowly taking off clothes and everything, and I'm like, this is a little weird. It felt like a softcore porn. <laughs> now let me let me ask you this, Mike. I don't know if you know this. Is is Tony Fish spelled with a ph? No, it's an F. Oh, so it's not even. I was thinking maybe that is his belt buckle that he wears. No, <laughs> I guess I guess his real name is Tony uh, Nunziata, and I guess he just changed his name to Tony Fish. Yeah, Tony Fish is better, especially if you're a fisherman. Yeah, exactly. Tony Fish. That sounds like <laughs> that sounds like one of those Goodfellas guys when they're going through the lineup. You know, that's Joey two times over there. Over there's Tony Fish. <laughs> and ac- according to IMDb, he only made one film, and that was Madman. Yep. Wow, a true classic, a yeah. thespian that uh, that you'll never see again on screen. See, I didn't realize that Galen Ross had only appeared in three movies. Yeah, neither did I. Yeah, and obviously we all know that they were fucking... They were just like Dawn of the Dead, Madman, and um, Creepshow. I didn't realize that, but she's done more stuff as a producer and a writer Hmm. and a director as well. Yeah, and there's other other movies that she's directed. I don't know. They're kind of like... Like biography. Doc- yeah, a lot, yeah. She's done several TV movies. Um, <clears throat> Listen to her heart, the life and music of Laurie Beachman. To Russia for love, my lord of brides. Um, dealers among dealers. Um, not just Las Vegas. Investigative reports, a series documentary, particularly the episode "Selling the Dream: Stock Hype and Fraud." Um. And yeah, you know she's, you know she's obviously produced quite well. She's produced what six, six things there, um, and that's it. So basically, she's done she's done editing work as well. Yeah, so, she's a lot of the documentaries on the IMDb. They've got pretty good ratings on them too. So yeah, I, I'm surprised she didn't get in, into other horror movies because just the three movies she was in are all pretty popular and and yeah. pretty well received by the fans. Especially, you know, Dawn of the Dead is one of the biggest of all time, and Creepshow, of course, and uh, and then this one just before Dawn. 
I mean, not just before Dorn, I'm sorry, Madman. Um, yeah. You would figure that would have boosted her, you know, she would have gotten some more credibility. She could have became, you know, like a, a real scream queen uh, kind of thing, but just sort of tapered yeah. off, I guess. I wonder what the story is behind that. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know, maybe she just got sick of it. Who knows? Yeah. So yeah, that one's that's pretty good. I think I want to go back and actually catch up on that movie again. Uh, it's been too long since I've seen it. I have to parse a few movies apart to uh, to really figure out what was happening in that one. <laughs> but, I wonder so how much re- it you'd, is. Rec- you'd recommend this one, Mike? Madman? Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> I mean, it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm gonna see how much it is. According to Amazon, there's an Arrow release. The Blu-ray is 14.99. Yep. The Blu-ray DVD combo is 25.09. So I, I'd say that's worth a. If you're really into like the cheesy movies, I'd say this is worth it. Not, don't go in there looking for something like a burning. You know what I mean? Yeah, that burnings. I I would say the burning is a step above pretty much all the ones we've talked about so far. Yeah, it, it's sort of on its own and in terms of quality. So awesome! All right, let me get to uh, the last one we got here, so we could wrap this up. Um, the final film that I chose, I wanted to again go in a little bit of a different direction. So instead of the normal type of camping movie that we've already had where couples go out into the woods, this one is Cheerleader Camp, where cheerleaders go to cheerleader camp and uh, a killer is on the, mo- on the loose and slashing some of the girls up. So this movie was directed by John Quinn in 1988. And he's also the director of a couple different films, uh, one of them being Sex Court, the movie, and one called Girl on Girl. And I'm not quite sure what that one's about, but I think I have an idea. And uh, it's odd that the two two movies that I picked were from, like, low-budget, Skinamax directors, I guess. <laughs> I got them both on, uh, on just randomly pick them out, picking them out of my uh, collection. Um, this was originally called Bloody Pom Poms, and in fact, on the DVD of Cheerleader Camp, they'll have the trailers for Bloody Pom Poms on there, which I don't know. I I think it's a good title, but I would have stuck with Cheerleader Camp because the, the pom poms aren't really a big feature of the movie. Um, so there's actually a pretty good cast in this. It's got uh, Betsy Russell as one of the main girls. Uh, most people would know her as Jigsaw's ex-wife in the Saw series. Yeah, and, and uh, it also has Lucinda Dickey, who, if anyone's a fan of Ninja Three: The Possession, which is really <laughs> nuts, it's about a woman being possessed by a dead ninja's spirit. <laughs> really good. I'm a sucker for ninja movies, and that was a classic. Um, and it's got Leaf Garrett, who some people will recognize if you were alive in the '70s and uh, early '80s. He was on pretty much every fucking TV show back then. He's one of those, like, pretty boy guys. But when he filmed this, he's supposed to be playing, I, I assume they are high school aged in this movie. He's got to be, like, 43. And he's, he's playing like a teenager. <laughs> it does not work. He does not pass. But, oh, and another so big he, part in this. What's that, Shane? I was going to say, in <clears throat> 1998, Leif Garrett would have been 27. Really? Yep. Wow. It's a harsh 27, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, it's called drugs. Drugs yeah. do that to you. Yep. Speaking of drugs, um, one of my favorite character actors is in this, <clears throat> George Buck Flowers, who is famous for being the bum in Back to the Future 1 and playing the bum in Back to the Future 2 and also the drunk bum in Back to the Future 3. <laughs> he also played the bum in They Live, 
and he was the drunken fisherman in the fog. And he's the one. He's the. It. It. You'll, you'll know his voice as soon as you hear it because he's the guy that says, "There's no fog bank out there. I don't see oh. no fog bank." And then again, then the fog comes up, and he goes, "Oh my God, there's a fog bank coming." <laughs> <laughs> And, of course, one of his most famous roles, he plays the drunk in Escape from New York. <laughs> oh, my God. So, but so this guy, he, he, he plays drunks. Yes. Yeah, he plays drunks and bums and pretty much everything he's in. He's in, like, a thousand movies, this guy. Like, I see him in everything. He's, he's all around. And this is Cheerleader Camp. This is one of his bigger roles. He has a lot of lines and dialogue and has to, like, is actually part of the plot as opposed to just being a guy in the background of a scene. So, um, yeah, he... I'm a big fan of his. Uh, I think he's actually passed away by now, but um, long live George Buck Flowers. Hang on a minute. Yes, go ahead. I'm going to look this up. All right, you look it up. I'll keep talking. Feel free to interrupt me with a uh, <laughs> something to spin me off. I'm, uh, I'm willing to do that. Yeah, he died in 2004. Yep, okay. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, he was an old guy. I mean, even in this, he was old in, in these movies, and this is this is 1988, so... Yeah. He was also the homeless man in an episode of Power Rangers. <laughs> I love that George <laughs> Buck Flowers is in Power Rangers. <laughs> yes, this guy's the best. Yes, Power um, Rangers Time Force photo finish. Oh, he played the, he played the bartender in that one. Oh, multiple Hang on. roles. Right, Power Rangers Time Force photo finish. Power Rangers Time Force again. Um... Lightspeed Rescue as the homeless man. So that came out in 2000. So you can go and search that one up. Power Rangers in Space. Played the bearded man in that. Oh, my God. I didn't realize he was a Power Rangers staple. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. He was also in uh, Drive-In Massacre. I remember that. That was another one of his bigger roles with, uh, with a lot of dialogue and actually played a part in the movie. Um, that was a weird movie. He was also so, in the remake of Village of the Damned. I don't think I... Which, oh, the, the 80s one? Yeah. Yeah, that's it's Carpenter, right? So that makes sense. He's been yeah. in a bunch of Carpenter movies. Yeah, he's also, he was also in Body Bags, TV movie. Carpenter again, there you go. Yeah. Warlock, the Armageddon. Ooh, I think that's part three. Yeah, I think that one is, yeah. He was also... I didn't even know this. 976 Evil 2. Ooh. I didn't even um, know there was a sequel. Yeah, I just you know who has that? I uh, let me go on a spinoff here. I just saw uh, Amy just picked that up at the Scares the Care convention, and I was like, I'm gonna steal that. Her, she got a VHS of it. That's awesome. Uh, all right. That's so cool. So anyway, let me get back to cheerleader <laughs> camp. <laughs> so the idea of cheerleader camp is uh, oh, the cheerleading team from one school goes up to camp where there's various other schools and uh, they, they all have to get ready for this big competition that's going to come in the movie. Um, so they decide, who, you know, who's the best cheer squad, who is the the number one cheerleader, and I think, oh, yeah, and, and decide the number one mascot at who's best at being a mascot. So um, a lot of the movie is devoted to the girl, the girls bickering with each other, going back and forth for whatever reason, uh, showing boobs. There's a lot of boobs in this movie. Uh, they go swimming at the rock, topless and stuff for a while. And uh, a really fat, really creepy guy that pervs on him and is uh, always videotaping with his sketchy little video camera and goes around the camp trying to catch the girls naked and um, 
also filming some of, I don't even know if you'd call them counselors. There's like one woman that's in charge of the camp. And then there's George Buck flowers as the, uh, uh, I, I guess he's the maintenance guy or the cook also or something. And then there's one other guy that the woman that runs the camp has sex with and the creepy fat guy films it. So, I don't know. The The plot is kind of nonsense and, and back and forth. And one of the main characters, uh, one of the main girls is, is having hallucinations and bad dreams that there's killings going on. And then eventually people do start dying. The special effects are actually pretty decent in this. There's some good stabbings and like, again, they, they sort of take stuff from the burning. There's uh there's one shot with the, uh, the gardening shears that goes right through, um, I think a girl's mouth. And that, that looked, that came out pretty good. There's a, a couple other nice special effects sequences with, like, guts and stuff hanging out and um, uh, a bear trap at one point, I think. <laughs> that would look pretty fucking cool. Uh, but, yeah, the, the movie itself is so much fun and hilarity because it's this over-the-top 80s, sort of like, um, uh, what's that movie, uh, the camping movie um, with Bill Murray what the hell is it? Not Porky's, um, shit up meatballs. Uh, like a little bit of meatballs. Cause there's like some sex comedy going on and there's a lot of goofiness. And there also just happens to be, you know, a serial killer going around murdering people. Um, the ending is actually really good. I like the ending of this one a lot. It, it gives you a little bit of a twist when you find out who the killer is and, and the whole way they put it together and the reason why, I thought that worked really well, and overall, it's just a fun movie. It's not some. It doesn't take itself seriously at all. This isn't one of those movies. It's not like The Burning, where it's actually a, a legit story going forward, and there's a killer and stuff. And it's not even like um, The Forest, which, while goofy and shitty, the movie itself doesn't realize it's goofy and shitty. This one is in on the joke. Uh, the, the the makers of it were having a good time when they were going forward. They were, and this one came out in the late 80s, so they were already playing with some of the horror tropes that were developed, you know, through the Friday the 13th and The Burning and other slashers like that. So they're having a good time with this one. It's probably more along the lines of an April Fool's Day kind of vibe, where you could tell when they were making the movie they were having a good time while they were doing it. It probably isn't as good as April Fool's Day, but it's it's still a good watch. So if you want something that has some comedy and some creepy 80s sex stuff going on and also random boobs and decent special effects, I'd say check out Cheerleader Camp. It's it's fun. It has a great cover, too. The covers, if you were around in the 80s or 90s in any uh, video store for VHSs, you'd recognize it. it it's got the, um, it's a cheerleader, but in, it, it, it's like a skeleton, like jumping up and with the pom-poms and stuff. None of that's in the movie, but it's still uh, still a great cover. So yeah, cheerleader camp. You got either of you guys seen this one? Um, I don't think I have. I've seen the cover of it. I just haven't seen the movie. Yeah. 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 It's, it's interesting. Um, of all the ones we discussed today, <clears throat> I think this would be, would be lowest on my list to recommend. Unless you're unless you're looking for something that's like a comedy, you know, that has that comedy element put out to it uh, on purpose. I mean, honestly, the force was probably funnier, but it didn't mean to be funny at all. <laughs> it just was hysterical. Oh, and there's one segment in this. Oh my god, there's a rap that Leaf Garrett and the fat guy have that raps about the characters in the movie. 
It is the most embarrassing thing. You know what? Maybe I should look it up and like literally put it into the podcast. I'll squeeze it in. <laughs> I should squeeze it in somewhere. It is. It's cringe worthy. Like it, it's. It's got to be on YouTube. I haven't looked it up, but I guarantee if you type cheerleader camp rap, somebody must have ripped this out because it is like, <laughs> ugh, really? You went with that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty funny. I don't know. Uh, if you're looking for a serious slasher. Uh, you'd probably have to look somewhere else. This one, it, it's more goofy than funny, uh, goofy than scary, anything like that. So, but yeah, that's about it. Uh, you guys have anything else you wanted to discuss, or maybe any uh, any other camping uh, horror movies that we didn't catch that maybe we'll talk about some other time? No, uh, nothing that I can think of. Trying to think, but there's nothing I can think of either. Yeah, there was a few I was considering, um, like um, uh, "Don't Go Into the Woods Alone." Um, that's another classic eighties one that is fucking made for like pennies and has horrible acting, but is so funny to watch. Um, I mean, most of these are like the eighties slashers. There's a few other ones, you know, if you talk about camping, I mean, you can always like, uh, if you talk about like cabin in the woods type movies, like cabin in the woods, I guess. I don't know. One of the, one of the recommendations was like evil dead, but I was like, I don't know. I don't know if that's like a camping movie. That's more like we're going on vacation. Yeah, and it just turned out really shitty. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch more that I'm blanking on now. I had a whole list earlier, uh, most of which I own and are all awful. But these were some of the good ones. I thought we would, you know, have a good time with some of these. Oh, uh, uh, I know my cousin John was, wanted me to watch Final Girls, and I just didn't get around to it. Um, but you, Shane, you watched that, and that's like a camping yeah. movie with the girls, right? Yeah, that's really funny. I really enjoyed that film. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll probably get to that sometime. <clears throat> but I guess that's all we got for now. Um, anything else you guys want to add or just go into uh, how people get in touch with us? You can catch hold of me on um, Twitter um, at Dead Cell Society. Um, I'm also on Instagram, Dead Cell Society 74. You can also find us, me and us, on the Facebook All You Need Is Blood podcast group, on, um, as well as the upcoming horror movies um, film ha- uh, fans hangout group on Facebook. Yep, and you can catch me on Twitter, uh, at Ryan Tudelo, or just on Facebook, or like Shane said, those other various places. Uh, for my... Uh, for my uh, written reviews, you can check those out on upcominghorrormovies.com. Right on the main page, there's probably one or two that are up there. Um, and, uh, yeah, or, or on the message board. I'm always on the message board. So that's about it. And, um, and Mike, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on the, the Facebook groups, both of them, the uh, Upcoming Horror Movies group and the All You Need Is Blood group. Um, occasionally on the forum. So that's I don't have a Twitter Yep. I do, but you know. Or, actually, I just realized this. If you want to find me in person, uh, I'm going to be at the Connecticut Horror Fest, uh, which I think is in September sometime. Um, or you could just find Shane walking around downtown Norwich. <laughs> do you know what? I was going to say that, you fucker. <laughs> Feel free to say hi and tell him that you, you love his beard and cigarette cartoon. Oh, yeah, by the way, we haven't done Beardwatch. We need to do Beardwatch. Now I'm going to hold off this week, Shane. Why? What have you done? (laughs) I did a little trimming. (gasps) Uh, (laughs) 
I see. Well, you yelled at me last time for my haircut, so uh, I got a haircut, and my beard did not match my hair, so I had to trim it down <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> well, I said, yeah, okay, beard's looking cool, you just need a haircut. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I got it. Oh, also, right. if anybody wants to uh, go to a horror film convention, they do Terror in the Isles. It's in, like, mid-October, mid to late October. It's in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, check it out because it's 24 hours of horror films. I've gone the last two years, and it's a blast. I haven't made nice. it all 24 hours, but it's it's really fun. So I'm going so to what that. Kind, what kind of stuff do they show? Um, Hold on one second. Let me look up the, uh, the lineup for this year. Um. Um, it's called uh, The Massacre, actually, and it's uh, 24 hours of horror movie madness. Oh, good lord. Shane, I like how you only have your beard in camera and yeah. <laughs> nothing else. No head, just beard. Yeah, because it is the beard of terror, so there yeah. you go. Yeah. I like the gray in it. It gives a personality. It's not gray, it's white. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, have to point that, I have to point that out to uh, Brian earlier on when he... Um, he messaged me on Instagram, or he, replied, he commented on a post on Instagram, and uh, he basically wrote hashtag grey as fuck, hashtag old wanker, and I corrected him. <laughs> I corrected him, and I was like hashtag white as fuck, hashtag old cun. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's the kind of shit I get up to on fucking Instagram. You know, it's kind of funny. Nice. You look like a British wizard. Uh, I'm, I'm like going to stick with the Vikings. Gandalf. I, th yeah, I think I'll... a Viking's better. <laughs> yeah, I do get I do get the Viking thing. I get that a lot, but I also get um, the British equivalent of Gandalf the Grey. Mm. <laughs> He's in transition. <clears throat> he must still be fighting the Balrog. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so, cool. All right, guys. Well. um... We'll have to figure out what's going on next time. And I wanted to thank uh, Larry again, Larry Dwyer, if he did, in fact, come on the podcast, which he probably did. <laughs> so, um, yeah, thanks for the interview. And um, check out the uh, CT Horror Fest and uh, Connecticut Cult Classics, which shows awesome movies. Uh, and you get to see them on the big screen. So, all right, guys, uh, I think that's about it for now. I'll see everybody next time and uh, just say bye for now. Laters. See ya. Allison, she's so fine, but look at her long, or you'll go blind. Next is Pam, she comes out with a fam, and we'll tell you this, she ain't no sham. Next is Ronnie, she acts kinda funny, steal your heart, but not your money. Can't forget Teresa, she's got what it takes, putting her on this team was no mistake. Last is Lori, this is her story. She's our gator, you'll be seeing her later. And we're Brad and Timmy, we're part of the bus.